We've heard a lot more about consent in the past few years, thankfully, but many people still aren't sure what consent actually looks like, sounds like, or its definition. But we're going to make that very clear today and chat about what exactly consent is and how it can actually be very sexy. She, a podcast for non-traditional conversations. I'm Tiana. And I'm Sophie. And And we're we're a couple. couple. Join us as we explore an alternative view on what it means to be a woman in today's society. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of She, an acronym for Shifting Her Experience. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a DM to be featured as our next person of the week. Yes, or leave us a review on Amazon if you've purchased our journal Reflect and we'll give you a shout out that way. Absolutely. And we wanted to start off today's episode by shouting out our person of the week, Kurt Bryle, who sent us a message saying that he often listens to our podcast in the car with his mother. Which is so amazing, like being able to listen to these conversations and have it spark, you know, a conversation with your parent. Mm -hmm. That's really special, you know. So shout out to Kurt and his mom. Yeah, that is really a sign of a beautiful and open communication to be able to listen to these non-traditional topics with a family member and be able to chat about them. So that's really what we want to achieve with our podcast. We want to get the conversation started in many different households. So that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. We also just want to say that this episode is actually coming out on the first day of Women's History Month in the US. So of course, as a podcast who, you know, does also speak on many women's empowerment topics, we wanted to share that news. Yeah, we did because Women's History Month here in the US is really about celebrating the vital role of women in American history as well as their contributions. So we really wanted to share that. Yeah, and it's something we definitely do not do enough of in this society. Yeah, exactly. We don't often celebrate women's achievements in in society, especially if it's not traditional. Yeah, sometimes it seems like the only time we celebrate a woman in society is if they get married or have a child. Like, facts but anyways (laughs) that's a topic we've covered and spoke a lot on in the past so we'll move on to today's topic which is very very important and that's consent yes we want to talk about consent what it is why it's important and also how it can actually be really attractive yeah so many people don't realize that consent is actually very very sexy like it's a turn on to communicate with your partner and ask if they like what you're doing or where they like to be touched and in my opinion there's actually nothing less sexy than absolutely silent or unenthusiastic sex but that's just my opinion yeah of course everyone is different but consent is an important part of sex but there still tends to be some blurred lines when people hear this word so we're going to explain exactly what it is and what it isn't um We do want to put a disclaimer and just a trigger warning because we will be talking about consent, but also mentioning sexual abuse and rape. So if this is something that's a trigger for you, you can click out of this episode now. But if not, we're going to get into our chat. Yeah, I think it's really important to start with reading the definition of consent because It's so much more than just, you know, getting naked with someone. And that's what we as a society tend to forget. Yeah, absolutely. So what is consent? Um, Well, according to RAIN.org, which is the Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network, um, they say that consent is an agreement between participants to engage in sexual activity. Consent should be clearly and freely communicated, um, a verbal and affirmative expression of consent 
consent can help both you and your partner to understand and respect each other's boundaries. Consent cannot be given by individuals who are underage, intoxicated or incapacitated by drugs or alcohol or asleep or unconscious. If someone agrees to an activity under pressure or intimidation or threat, that isn't considered consent because it was not given freely. So that's their definition. And it's very important that everyone knows this meaning. Yes, it's really important to articulate that pressuring someone or intimidating them or threatening them into sex or sexual activities is not consent. Yeah, exactly. So let's highlight what consent is not. So just how rain.org defined it, uh, consent is not pressuring someone. It's not intimidating someone or manipulating someone. And consent is not automatically given when agreeing to go on a date with someone either. Exactly. And consent doesn't only just apply to sex. It can be applied to so many situations, which does remind me, I see this in film and TV all the time. For instance, asking someone out five times and then finally saying yes on the sixth out of intimidation or exhaustion from saying no is also not consent. Mm, No. And it's really upsetting to see media glamorizing these type of moments. I always hate it in the film The Notebook, you know, how Mm. Noah is relentlessly asking her out. Like, it's not romantic. It's manipulative. He's literally, like, at one point hanging off a Ferris wheel saying, I'm not going to stop until you agree to go out with me. And society romanticizes these moments in TV and film And it's never sat right with me. Mm. It's teaching people that this kind of behavior is not only accepted, but romantic and it's not okay. Exactly. No means no. Like respect the other person's boundaries. And what an indication of what your relationship is going to be like together if they can't take no for an answer. Yeah, it's pressure. And and consent is not automatic when there is an attraction to, to a person either. If you like someone... This doesn't mean that you are consenting to having sex with them. And I believe a lot of people need to hear this because a lot of victims of sexual abuse and rape have blamed themselves for thinking they did something wrong when they didn't. If someone likes you, that does not automatically give them the right or the permission or the consent to anything. Only you can give that consent. Yeah, that's so well said. And I just want to circle back to the definition you read out and how you mentioned, you know, verbal and affirmative expression of consent. We've read stories in the news where the abuser said things like, you know, she didn't tell me in words that she wanted it, but it was so obvious that she did. But again, this is not consent. However, I read a lot of comments online from particularly men concerned about this blurred line between verbal and nonverbal consent. So let's make that real clear today. Exactly. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, First of all, if your partner is not being clear with you, ask them yeah and i read an article actually from dartmouth college that said if you aren't sure uh, that you have consent you don't have it yeah if you aren't sure you have consent from someone you really don't have it and that's exactly it i never understood in general why anyone would want to go on a date with someone or want to have sex with someone who is clearly not interested in them anyways like there's nothing more unsexy in my opinion um the problem is that people often aren't even really concerned with if they have consent exactly so according to Dartmouth, um Here are some ways to know that you have consent. Um, You and your partner have given an informed, uncoerced, verbal yes. You and your partner aren't at all incapacitated and you and your partner are of legal age. 
It's also checking in with your partner during sex, especially if someone seems like they're not enjoying it anymore. You may have consent at the beginning, but then one person isn't feeling it anymore, which is not a green light to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And and in this same article, they say that a lot of communication in intimate situations is nonverbal. Um, nonverbal cues can be our thoughts and feelings, including smiling, nodding and touching. But when we're talking about consent, uh, body language often isn't enough. So if you're unsure, ask the person. Yeah, body language is important in a lot of instances when we're talking about communication, but it's not the same thing as consent. So uh, people also tend to misread people's body language a lot, you know, and in society, we can't just assume we have consent based on our perception of someone's body language because we could be very wrong yeah absolutely I'm so glad you said that I mean consent is so important not just in and of itself but learning about it because it demolishes the abusive patriarchal mindset of well she was wearing a short skirt or a thong so she was asking for it this is not asking for it. Like, this is not consent. And if you have to come up with all these justifications that actually have nothing to do with consent, like clothing, to try and prove you had consent, that is such a huge indication that you actually didn't have consent at all. Yes. And another thing I want to mention that is important when talking about consent or rape or sexual abuse is that I think society has a warped idea of what sexual abuse and a sexual abuser looks like. And this causes people to not want to take responsibility for non-consensual sex because they don't consider themselves to be the problem. Yeah, that's a good point. Society has a very difficult time blaming the abuser and instead blames the victim. Oh yeah, we see it all the time in media. We really do. I mean, a sexual abuser does not look like what Hollywood has portrayed them to be. A sexual abuser can be the person who said they'd walk you safely home because you were drunk and instead bring you brings you home to their house and rapes you. Or it could be the person you like that likes you back but pressures you to have sex with them. And I'm reminded of the rugby rape trial in Ireland in 2018 that I won't talk too much about today because I've mentioned it in an episode before, but you know, if you're interested, you can look it up. But it reminds me of that. You know, a lot of people in Ireland had a hard time with these rugby players being sexual abusers because they didn't look like a sexual abuser. Yeah, it's a great example, Soph. And I know you've mentioned it in a previous podcast. And you've also also mentioned another rape case back in Ireland before. And in that rape trial, they literally held up a duplicate of the victim's underwear as justification for abusing her, mm. which is why we need to say again and again that clothing or even a lack of clothing is yes. not consent. I don't know how many times we need to say this in order for it to register in society. I don't know. I'm blue in the face. Yeah. And look, yeah. Another thing as well that I want to say, we understand women can be the abusers too and men can be the victims, of course. But when you look at the statistics of the amount of women on this planet who are victims of sexual abuse and sexual assault, there is a very obvious pattern, um, a pattern of control over women and their bodies. And this is a huge problem. And, And this is why I often use men as an example of the abuser, because it's just too often the case. For example, a 
you know, just to put it into perspective, yeah. according to rain.org, 90% of adult rape victims are female. And according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, nearly one in five women and one in 71 men in the US have been raped at some time in their lives. And again, to put it into perspective, according to a National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey, 90% of perpetrators of sexual violence against women are men, while 93% of perpetrators of sexual violence against men are also men. Yeah, that's a horrifying statistic and a statistic that puts it all into perspective, really. I think the perception in general of what abuse looks like or what an abuser looks like is not what the media depicts it as, as you said before, Soph, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sexual abuse and rape doesn't always look like what Hollywood portrays it to be, like I said. Yeah. Rape is not always violent. Rape very often involves someone that you know. And rape can even be between a married couple or any couple in general. Uh, which reminds me to say that consent is not automatically given just because you're in a relationship. It applies to every time there is a sexual act. And even during that act, if someone says they don't want to continue having sex... That's when you stop. Exactly. It's important to gauge the signs of when to stop having sex. For example, a sign to stop having sex is if you think your partner isn't enjoying themselves, but you hope your partner won't say anything and go with the flow. That's yes. a huge red flag. Yeah. And signs that you can keep going are if you and your partner clearly express comfort in the situation and, and you feel comfortable and safe stopping at any time. Yeah. And I think we need to change the way we talk about consent in society because it can be a really intimate and exciting thing to vocalize your consent or to even ask for consent. Exactly. Yeah. So after outlining what consent means and what it doesn't mean, uh, let's shift the tone of our conversation now and chat about how consent is sexy. Yeah, I don't know why in society so many people see consent as something that like kills the mood because this is something I've heard a lot actually, which is sad to hear people think this way. I think there is nothing sexier than your partner wanting you and communicating that they want you. And, you know, some examples of how consent can be sexy are phrases like, can I touch you here? Do you like it when I do this? Does this feel good? Can you take them off? Do you want me to stop? Mm -hmm. So much of consent is communication and empathy. And I think if you're really trying to connect with your partner, you should want to gauge their level of interest even during sex. Yes, absolutely. Or, you know, you could say, can we try it like this instead of presuming that the other person will like what you're thinking of yeah. you know or you could say would you like it if I did this or can I kiss you here and most importantly if you are sensing that your partner is not having fun ask them if they would like you to stop and be genuine in that asking you shouldn't be annoyed that your partner wants to stop you know yeah it's a huge issue if you intend to have sex by any means necessary and don't consider the other person. Yeah, sex is supposed to be fun and intimate and communicative. So if you sense that someone isn't that into it anymore, normalize that it is okay to stop in the middle of sex. Sex does not have to always end in one or more people orgasming. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. You yeah. know, communication during sex can be very flirtatious and inviting totally and, you know talking about sex beforehand is a sign of such maturity and respect because you're not only setting up boundaries but you're also getting to know each other too on an intimate level um 
the conversation in, in which you give consent or ask for consent can be very seductive. It doesn't yeah. have to be formal or like Tiana said, a mood killer. This attitude of not wanting to bring up the topic of consent or ignoring it if it's not obvious doesn't keep the other person in mind it only keeps your own interests in mind that's so true and it's such an indication of maturity but also emotional and physical safety if you feel you can talk about sex with your partner absolutely yeah i mean let's normalize consensual communication you know let's talk about it a lot of people you know are afraid to talk about sex which is absolutely understandable because society can be very um shameful when it comes to sex yeah they stigmatize it so of course it's like a scary step to take but it is really important if you are sexually active to have that consensual conversation that consensual communication it just opens the line for like better communication as a whole so yeah well we are just coming up to the end of our episode what's your takeaway then for today tiana tiana (laughs) (laughs) um well for me i guess consent and asking for consent is all about setting personal boundaries and respecting those of your partner Mm -hmm. and also checking in if things aren't clear i mean verbal consent can be very sexy and a big turn on even if you feel a little shy speaking sometimes it's important um you know if it's a safe environment you should feel comfortable communicating Remember, consent is freely given and it's enthusiastic. So if you're not sure if someone is giving you consent, please ask or take it as a sign that they're not consenting and not asking 500 times until it's a pressured yes, please. Nailed it. Yes. (laughs) I'm really glad that you mentioned, you know, about like asking so many times and you had said it about like the film, The Notebook as well, because I remember watching that recently being like, it's kind of creepy like yeah. leave her alone she clearly doesn't want to go on a, it's obviously a, date a pressure you, so. yes yeah yeah so thank you for bringing that up of course um, i'd love to hear your takeaway as well yeah so for my takeaway i just want to give a small shout out to my mother helen who we actually had on uh, the podcast before as a guest and the reason why i'm mentioning her is because she worked uh, in a rape crisis center back home for almost 20 years where she was um, a counselor but as well as that she co-created an extremely important and successful six-week program to students uh, in schools across Ireland and it was called the CAS program which stands for knowledge awareness safety where students learned about consent as well as rape sexual abuse global statistics uh, correct terminology sexual health and case studies from the rape crisis center uh, just to name a few topics that she covered with people in Ireland Um, she and her colleagues shaped a lot of young minds for the better and you know just doing this episode I'm thinking we really need these type of of programs in schools it should be on the curriculum and it should be mandatory I agree it completely should be part of the curriculum and it should be mandatory and just a great indication Sophie knows what she's talking about with a mom like Helen Uh, well that is all from us for today's episode we love hearing your stories and how you're living a non-traditional life so keep them coming and follow us on instagram at shifting her experience and send us a message on instagram or review our podcast on apple or you could buy and review our journal reflect on amazon uh, to be featured as our next person of the week And make sure you download, rate, and review our podcast and share it with your friends to spark a further discussion on this topic. And let us know if you also find consent very sexy. See you next Tuesday. Bye.